Hi, uh, Tim here, and before the podcast, I have a quick note. Due to rights reasons, the songs have been shortened for this podcast. Every song is taken from the Zootons, Tired of Hanging Around. All tracks are by Dave McCabe and the Zootons, except for Secrets, How Does It Feel, and Oh Stacy, Look What You've Done, which add Sean Payne. It was released on 17th of April 2006 on Delta Sonic. Enjoy. Tim's listening party was a lockdown sensation. Unfortunately, it was on Twitter, which you can't listen to. But Absolute Radio has the solution. Tim Burgess explores seminal albums alongside the artists who brought them to life. Absolute Radio presents Tim's Listening Party with Tim Burgess. Hi, it's Tim's Listening Party on Absolute Radio. I'm Tim Burgess and welcome to another episode of the show in which we play back an album together and I sit down with an artist to go through that very record. It's just like we've been doing since way back in that very first lockdown having one great big listening party but this time it's on the radio that doesn't mean you can't get involved on twitter by using the hashtag tim's twitter listening party so please tweet me throughout the show so far as part of this show i've been joined by new order the the texas fallout boy you two the kinks and so many more for the listening parties if you've missed any episodes so far be sure to catch up by searching for tim's listening party wherever you get your podcasts this episode I'm joined by a band who left an indelible mark on naughty British music. With origins in Liverpool and combining elements of indie rock, pop, funk, jazz, northern soul, their unique blends stood out at a time when the UK rock scene was at the same time thriving but difficult to attract mass attention and genuine acclaim from critics, which this band did. That's reflected by having three top six albums, one which went double platinum, they boast a Mercury Prize nomination for their debut album, and their song Valerie has been immortalised with help from the great Amy Winehouse. It's Dave McCabe, Sean Payne and Abby Harding from the Zootons. I've got Sean, Abby and Dave here from the Zootons. We're talking about the album Tired of Hanging Around. Welcome to the listening party. Thanks. Hi, yeah. nice one. Thanks for having us. <laughs> You're very welcome, very welcome. Uh, great record. Wanted to know, uh, what was it like coming out of Liverpool at the time that you came out and, you know, did you feel that you had anything to prove coming from such an amazing musical city? Yeah, obviously something to prove, but I think if you're not about the Beatles, you've got nothing to prove really, have you? There's, there's, there's no competition, so. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. More, yeah. <laughs> more just about, like, being the best out of each other or being, not being the best, just we all elevated each other about different bands, because I don't know, when like the the Coral came around and they were really good at harmonies and they had really good guitarists and it was like it pushed other people to then go, Oh, that's how yeah. good you can be and and then, you know, it was like when we were doing our own things and then everyone we wanted to be good musicians, I think, and that was the only pressure we felt was to just be like don't know, yeah, write good songs and be the best we could be, but not like Dave says, not the Beatles or anything, no echo in the book. No, just like the best ver- the, the best version of yourselves. What we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how did you all meet? I was working and they used to come and see me, but um, that's how I met. But they met, they met before. I met Sean in Boltan Kebab about half <laughs> two in the morning. One of my favourite places. Classic, classic, classic horn. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Sean can't remember, so that's good. <laughs> you were in another band, The Big Kids. Me and Russ played with uh, Edgar, Edgar Jones and the big kids. I don't know, we just stuck together and we played with a few people. Like, we used to play with uh, Howie and the Stands and the Hogan Clones. And we just, like, floated about a bit as a rhythm section. Yeah. And then 
Dave was in Tramp Attack, and it was Alan Wills who said you should play together, sort of thing. You like, because I think we were the missing parts for each other in our. We're both in other bands, but we want we wanted to play with people our own age more, right? Because we were playing with like older, like with Edgar, he was like a bit older or whatever, which was sound, but it was just like there was all this. Our mates had started playing instruments where we maybe started playing a bit ahead of them, or like new people came into town, like we met Dave, and I don't know, there was more like my other people our age, so it's like, but it was it was Alan Wills who kind of said you'd be good if you played together with Dave and Boyan and me and Russ, and then Abby came in later. Me and Boyan were kind of going for a few months just with two guitars. Yeah. So, and we were all mates anyway, we all knew each other, so it was a natural thing, really. Fantastic. But it was manufactured, yeah. By <laughs> we were well, on direction. Yeah, that, that's what I was getting around to. You know, I mean, I, I, I knew they David were. Style. I, I knew they were looking for their new, their new act. You know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, tired of hanging around. Uh, the title track. How come it was like the first track? I don't. El Soli, our manager, had a thing that he wanted. He know that he wanted. He said, "Tired of hanging around." Should be the first song, and I know I'll never leave. Should be the last song. Oh, do you think I Yeah, yeah. I saw, and I thought, I'm not really, I was never one for sitting down after recording an album and listening to it 50 different ways to get the running order. It's like, if someone's really fresh eared on it, yeah, then I'll go with that, really. I mean, because you can get, it can get messy otherwise. You can just get, no, I want this, no, I want this. It's an outside, there's a point of view can. Yeah, it's, it's quite best exciting. Sometimes, yeah, it's quite an exciting start. The very first, the very first guitar on that on that song is quite a good opener, was it? Agreed. It's a bit different from what we've done before as well. So it was like a little bit more, I don't know, a bit more rock sounding or something from yeah. other tunes we've done before. Let's get this listening party underway with the first song and title track from Zeton's "Tired of Hanging Around." But we haven't got the patience today. It was uh, Stephen Street who produced the record, right? Yeah, with yeah. Chenzo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chenzo Townsend, Townsend. engineering. And uh, we've done it in like a number of places. We've done it in, we started at the townhouse, which I'm not sure if that's a studio anymore, is it? Um, but um, I think I, I think I was there when you were doing that. In fact, you were. There. I was. You were. Yeah. You were in the other room. I remember Abby making like, a cup of tea for me. I remember that. I guess I yeah, that's bad. That's him. Yeah, you were, you were in the studio. You were in like the studio one or something, and we were yeah. in the studio two. That's yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Good memory. Yeah, you came in with Carl Barry and said said Valerie sounded like Elvis. Well, <laughs> I was good. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. I went in your studio and you played me a New York City song about New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was wow. cool. It was fun. Uh, 
It was a, a fun time. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. we stayed at the uh, K West quite a lot during that time. Yeah, see. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we stayed there recently. And it oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, you know what it was? We got stuck on, we got the trains yeah. got cancelled. And we were in the cigarette and come out, let's go back there. Dave hadn't been back there since 2008 or something like that. The smell of it, we were like, oh, yeah, I was the same. It was just meant. Yeah. It, it, smells like, it, smell, it smells like a gym, right? Or a sauna yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It smells like, smells like 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had the best sleep I've had for ages. And there's oh, like six, six seven of us. Like, Familiarity. It was really comfy. The room was really dark. It was good, yeah. I remember those rooms being dark. It was a, yeah. a, a dark, dark time for me, that I think. But, um, but uh, yeah, best left behind, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, tired of hanging around. I've got rain down here, uplifting and, and, and life affirming, ace guitar, classic chorus. I'd say that this sounds a bit like Elvis as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What... I've wrote him, it was on a plane. I wrote that the lyrics on a plane, or I started writing them, because I think we were tra- we were touring quite a lot, and it was in America. I mean, looking back, I should have wrote it from from the, from the bus, from a plane point of view, because yeah. it might have done well in America then, because it was the bus. I think it played it down, but uh, <laughs> I think I, Funkadelic. We've been listening to a lot of Funkadelic, wow. so it was yeah. that's that, that's the group vocal. You know, everyone singing. And the oh. <laughs> I remember it being like a bit the way at that time, like me and Russ would be jamming like the dunk, 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 the main rhythm of it. And then David go, I've got it, something that goes over that, whether he'd had the chords or just the idea of it. And then it just went from there with that mm-hmm. one, really, yeah. Yeah, it was always a good one to play live as well because of all them group yeah. vocals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I used to love sing- well, I don't do singing. <laughs> um, it's The Little Things We Do is next up. And um, I've got another banger right down here, Cowbell. Uh, <laughs> cigarettes for breakfast. I mean, you know, what's that? What's going to like about that? Um, yeah, I think that, like you said, Tim, it's a dark time. That was pretty much a dark time for me. I think within that song. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kind of got a good few songs at that point in my life out of hangovers and just wanting to get absolutely hammered all yeah. the time. So I look back on it with fond memories. Oh yeah. But when we play, when we play it now, it really. It, it's dead tiring. It's like, oh no. It's like, there's another... sometimes there's a bit of it with a double chorus and it's like, oh, feel 42. <laughs> there's loads of back and vocals there. I remember nearly passing out once at that. We'd played it too fast or I'd forgot to take a breath or something at the end. There's a couple of them actually had, there's a feel on this, the BVs on that. And then yeah, didn't take a, a breath and you just got to <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> Who works all the backing vocals out? I mean, do you do it all collectively? Sean's the main person. You do make most of them, don't you? Only like, yeah, but we all sort of, once there's something there, everyone just sort of throws their thing in, you know what I mean? Both of you actually, Dave, Dave and Sean, they both do quite ah. So Dave will sometimes come in with like four ideas, but they're all in his head. And yeah. all, if he doesn't, you usually have ideas for them, don't you? 
Yeah, like, but once someone's got one line, everyone else sort of knows where to go. So yeah. it's not like as if someone's given notes out to anybody or anything like that. Everyone's. It'll go to what they yeah. can, yeah. It's not that manufactured. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you uh, like tr- do you like double track and triple track and you know what, what's the what's the what's the process? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's been different. Yeah, we. Do you know one of the things that we always do, and sometimes it's hard for to convince producers is we all like to get around one mic and double track that, no matter what we've done with the close mates. Yeah. And it just it's it always sounds like us when we do it. And it was Ian Brody on the first album. He was quite meticulous with the placement of us. Yeah. And so it would be like, all right, you need to get further back. And then we got the blend and we sort of remembered them positions then for like whenever we stand in front of the mic, that they'd be the positions and we'd have our blend sort of thing. So it, when the, a producer would hear it, they'd, oh, okay, it's like, it's because they probably couldn't be asked. We didn't know what it was going <laughs> to take to get us all blended. I think Stephen Street is in. He's really good. But he's, and he's really like, this is what I do. Yeah. And you stand there and unless is if you want to not spend an extra week in the studio, do as I say type of thing. But not in a bad way. No, no, but no. I think he just, he really knows. He just gets the job thing done. That he does, gets the job done. Because we've been playing so much live. I think he just... They were made up know, with it, that. They were made yeah, up yeah. with us playing live and all that. So they just, he just let us go, really. And it was like... I think he's seeing what we were. And yeah, anything, yeah. And he like, you know, dilly dally. And he was like, just do, you know, just do what you're doing, sorts of things. And then he had, the, whenever he had, he had an idea, it was a good idea. Yeah. There was one bit of the record where he went from E to D. Yeah. And I went, no, go E to D to E7, which is pretty much the same. And he looked at me like, what are you <laughs> I was like, I was, like, I was just dead. Dead 20, 23 year old days. <laughs> oh no, we got to do it like <laughs> that. was the only time it got a bit tasty. I love and that. I, though. I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry about <laughs> it. It probably would have been more powerful going to the D. I know it's getting technical, but that's it. But that's, that's, you know that's, what's that's funny great. though? Is it, we seen him, I seen him doing an interview, Stephen, on a day on Produce Like a Pro, you know, with Warren Hewitt. And um, it was like, oh, and he brought us up, but he, he spoke nicely about us because you see people now popping up that you'd never think and they're talking about you from a time or whatever, but he was nice about the band, so <laughs> that was good. Here's the second track from Tide of Hanging Around. It's called The Little Things We Do. So track three is Valerie. Um, we've got something in common, apart from the fact that we're both in the townhouse at the same time, and that's version by Mark Ronson. Oh uh, yeah. How did you feel about um, Amy Winehouse doing the cover of Valerie, and what were your feelings when he first heard it? I know that like Robbie Williams did, did uh, the only one I know. You know, I mean, he did a pretty good job of it, but I think <laughs> I didn't know that. You know. Did he, did I don't think do I knew that. that? I didn't know that. Wow. Well, you know, so we're all. I'm going to have to put them on. I wouldn't write. 
I think he used to enjoy singing it before he went on stage. Uh, the only one I know, Robbie. So, um, so, so I think it was a big one for him. Um, and uh, <laughs> do you know what? Now you're saying it. That's well where he's got to let you let me entertain you from, isn't it? That beat and all that. I reckon. That's like the, that's like the cool part of it. Uh, <laughs> not, 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 not the kiss makeup and stuff in the video, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that beat is a, it's a boss beat on it. You know, I don't think oh, I'm yeah, no, it's a classic, yeah, classic. But it's like, say, it is, it's similar uh, <laughs> on you, Robbie. So, uh, for the sake of the yeah. listeners, uh, who, who's Valerie? Uh, she's a girl in, in America, it's a real person. Uh, but going back to what you said very quickly, when I first heard the Amy Winehouse version, I was very honored. And it was, I always see it, and I think we all feel the same way, that it's a massive compliment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's, yeah I love and it. it. And it's, yeah, I was, and this it, is at the time, like, this is at the time, this is not now with yeah. what's gone on and stuff. This is at the time. It was like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty amazing version of the song. Yeah, I've done And you could hear it straight away. It was, it was going to be, it was going to be bigger yeah. than ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it is it's boss anyway. It's like as soon as you hear it, it sounds good. It feels yeah. good. It's 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 a, it's a great version, and it was like something that hadn't been really been done where people cover a song that had just been out, but that used to always happen in like the sixties and seventies. Totally, so totally, you, yeah. You get like a funk version or something, or like yeah. uh, all different versions of the popular tunes that were out. So it was it was boss to be a part of it. That's how did yeah. you feel about it? Did, did you, you like it? I loved it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I was thinking that me and Carl Barrett would have done a you know a, a a good job of it too but um i think she was something else wasn't she so i mean i love your version um you know it's kind of chunkier and slower and is that was that what you asked me or were you asking about the robbie williams well me and carl Barrow would have done a better job <laughs> <laughs> should have just let you swear if that's funny <laughs> So Valerie, yeah, Valerie's a real person. I met her and we young out a bit, and then we young out a bit more. And she um, she got in a bit of trouble with the police. And so it's kind of just like a postcard to her, really. Yeah. And saying, if you feel terrible, come and see me. Come all the way to Liverpool, and you'll feel a load better. <laughs> she never <I'll>... did. That's <laughs> <laughs> sad. Um, the video I-, I love, and the backing vocal... Thing really came across in the video. I thought. I mean, as well as being in prison, but it was nice to nice to you know get a concepts of all the all the vocals going on. Oh, that's cool. Don't think of that really. Don't think of that like like the hour comes across to people like that. You just think of them long days making a video. I know, I know, and it's like you know conceptually a prison, but it's actually the way that you're all sitting there and doing. It. And then I went on to another uh, thing on YouTube, and you know everyone's sitting down doing the backing vocals. Thought it was really well, lovely. Yeah. Oh right, look at the session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the session straight after it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's meant to be connected to the. Why won't you give me a love video? Because we get arrested at the end of the. So then the next one. Continuous thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. But do I remember that day? There was this company called Ugly. And oh the, yeah, um, the extras. And the, did I? All the extras are part of this mad company, and all these fellas. <laughs> Uglies, up. uglies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just look like. It looked like they were from Mad prison, fellas. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That big, that big fella, and he was like, me up, yeah. Yeah, seven foot Russian fella. He was like a secure, like done security for people. Wow. 
He was huge. He was, he was just a massive but fella, like big. proper when seven foot. Like we had like um, we had to wear these real old fashioned shackles, like metal sh- iron shackles, like round our feet. And because he was, he threw me up today. My shackles only went that far. No, he just like he really is. Oh my god! <laughs> but it was just like I was in agony. Oh my god! He was, he was meant to be like the Grossberger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dead sweet. He was really sweet. He was nice. This is the classic Valerie on Absolute Radio. back to Amy Winehouse, did you meet her and why did she decide to do your song? I was in a party in Camden. It got to her quite late in the morning. I didn't really know her. And there was this lad called Boo there. Here's your show, Boo. And uh, Boo, was being a bit of, Boo was being a bit of a wally and, and just telling me how great she was and how crap I was a whole night, like from the moment she... I know, and I was like, well, what about your band, Boo? You're like... You know, like a bad razor life. And he got a trouble with me. <laughs> and I never regret saying any of this. I still don't know because uh, <laughs> he started, me and him started arguing. And um, basically, he, he turned, she, she, she jogged in the middle on his side and told me to, you know, f off. And I said, no, you f off. And then I ended up getting off at the house, walking up the road, and then a fella come and got me, and I went back to the house, and she was dead apologetic. And she said, I love that song. So it was like, she did that song. She's like, this was, oh, did he like that song? Or oh, you better go and get him then. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll allow him back. But uh, nice one, Boo. I've never seen Boo since. And, uh, and then we done, was it the Who's and Annie we done with it then? Yeah, we? yeah. So it was yeah, like, yeah. we were around a little bit the same time. She was actually sitting next to us at the Mercury Awards in 2004 for their first record. Yeah, she was, do you remember Dame, she came over asking for the lighter in the middle of that interview. But she was like, yeah, this, like but she was dead like... I, like, I remember I remember her being there. I she was dead confident, she had loads of confidence. And then when we saw her at the Hootenanny, I went I went to go and speak to her. And she keeps had a few words, but she was like well more shy. And, well, maybe she was having a bad day mm-hmm. or something, but she was a lot more I, introverted, yeah. But she was always dead nice. She was yeah. always dead nice when you spoke to her and yeah. I remember, I remember at that awards, someone I had these pair of shoes on and they were like Escher. They were like an Escher painting. And then I remember looking at them once the awards had started, going, These are really bad shoes <laughs> to and so for the rest of the award, I was kind of just looking at the shoes and looking down like that. Were they the basket ones? No, they yeah. were like, in, like black and white, like Titan. Like, they were like sewn in. It was like... Ah, uh, uh, oh, yeah, just, yeah. They were good, them. them on. Oh, there you go. Don't wear good. They good shoes. But I was just looking at them, just going red and like, I don't know, I was just like... I couldn't remember anything of the night. I just wanted to go, wanted to go, go to go the toilet and flush the change the shoes. Amazing. Oh, God. That's so cool. <laughs> 
someone watching over me. Oh, this is like the closest we've ever got to being like Queen. And we're. <laughs> That's what. And there's Pete. Like Queen without a chorus. It's one big chorus. I listened to it before and I've totally forgotten about the whole end. Like, oh my God, it goes on and on. And it's, Hello, it's, like, like, it's like. We never played it live. No. We never no. played it live. We never really because used to play it. that many slow songs live, really. Yeah. Could they have people talking? I always wanted so to play live. Remember when we, when we first brought the record out, but we never did. Oh, but this yes, is the way, what it was. It's the piano. It comes down to the piano on it. I was like, are we going to get a piano on stage and am I going to play that and sing yeah. live? And I said, no, I'd rather play it on the guitar. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Then there's no point doing it. And it was like, yeah. okay then. But I listened to that not long ago, the album, and my voice is so high. Right. Oh, God, I just don't think I could sing like that. No. Yeah. Without doing something bad to myself. You could, it'd just be different, I think. It'd just sound a bit different. Yeah. It'd be, you go more falsetto. You go, like, you'd have to go a bit more falsetto or something. I did, I did a whole oh, album doing falsetto. And, uh, I mean, I can't do any of it anymore, uh, but, you know, I just sing it normal now. Yeah. Not the false okay. It's not, not normal. Uh, but um... that's it. You've got to sort of. You go, if you if you still go on like we're finding now, you got to bring the old songs up to where you are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Going back, sort of thing, and trying to be drag it, drag them along with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There still is that thing of, do you want to rent a piano for one song and then be doing Elton John in the middle of the... No, that's not going to happen. We might film it. We've got to film it. We'll send it to your show team. Yeah, and can, oh, yeah. yeah. You can show some clips. <laughs> We've got a piano player and our keyboard player, so... Oh, yeah? Possible. yeah? Oh, no. <laughs> Let's play that song, Someone Watching Over Me. I don't care if you don't come and show Secrets. Do you think secrets are dangerous? Can be. Depends. Well, not if they're kept. I think they can. I don't. Man, I'm, of course, the dangerous. Of course, the dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. But the truth hurts. <laughs> and, and I wanted to um, notably mention uh, the saxophone on this track, Abby. Oh yeah. So um, how, how does that happen? Do you just like hear something or do, or do you just jam along or do you start? No, it? Did you start this one? Or? Did I start it? What do yeah. you mean? Do you mean the riff? He means when you double. No, there, there. And it's got bam, bam. Bam, 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 bam. bam. So that's the, 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 the riff at the beginning, or the one that comes back, that's Dave's riff. That was right. on the guitar. The okay. Guitar, the sax. And right. then the, the Kingsman's bit, which Dave used to say was 
me and Boyan were trying to come up with something for ages, and then Sean um, like condensed it all to this to harmonise with each other. So we had this vague thing, me and Boyan, but it was a bit, it wasn't quite worth it. And Sean went, make it like this. And I remember Dave was- always going, it just sounds like King's music. Like, dun, 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 Royal or something. Regal. Regal, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but that, but the main rip that day, that, I can't take credit for that. And we worked out, we worked out, we worked out the BVs to that when we were snowed in, in Milwaukee, on the bus. Remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yes, on yeah. the bus. So that's a good little tidbit for that. But it was, it was ages before. And when we were there, we were like, see, we should do this all the time. We come up with good stuff. <laughs> yeah. We had snowed in again after that. Yeah, it didn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like getting snowed in. I don't um, think that would have worked for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have got that ticket. <laughs> that was the Jeffrey Diamond place, wasn't it? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The ambassador was over the road. Yeah, that hotel. Scary. You're listening to Tim's Listening Party on Absolute Radio, and this is Secrets. So, I mean, did you know, like, do you work stuff out still in like the rehearsal room or is it more kind of worked out at home and brought in? We had a rehearsal room at this time. Yeah. And when we weren't on tour, we'd go in from like one till five every day or one till six every day and we'd play for that whole time pretty much. So you and put a shift in, like? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we do. But just every day from when we were off, like, come back off tour and just at this point, so we were really, yeah. Yeah. like, kind of good yeah. as a band. And, yeah. and it was just about like getting this record done and then getting back out there and it wasn't i don't know it seemed like it took a while because we had a few goes we went in with mario caldato jr and tried oh, nice. the song nice how was he he was fine yeah he was good, good. Really, yeah that sounds well too and we went in with tom rothrock and we done um a track with him and we were, yeah. so we were trying people but then it was like i think it was the american sense of at the time it was like we needed something that was going to hit over here first yeah, in the yeah, UK yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. they will come up from it from a little bit of a different angle and that's why Stephen was like the perfect fella because he was like he gets it he knew what we needed to do he was you know on that sort of thing did you keep any of the Mario Caldato Jr and, and uh, no. no not on the record was, they got used for something not, not from the record but we've got them I don't know if they got put out like B-sides maybe or something like that yeah, yeah. And did he say uh, Tom Rothrock? Did he say Tom Rothrock? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Elliot, yeah. Elliot Smith, and Beck. I guess well, Beck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we. I that did the song. Good. I did the song with him as well. Actually, uh, I think so, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Didn't use it though. Yeah, didn't use it. How does it feel? Oh, I love this one. It's dead. Like it's it's, it's just a mad tune. I think like there's so many bits to it. <laughs> it's it's like all the like what? All of them. They brought this up the other day, and he was like, "I hate that tune. I'm, I'm so I can't believe it. I, I can't believe I've done that." And I was like, "Why? I like it." It reminds me of like Eminem, you know, that's a dance. But when it gets to the chorus, the Axel Rose bit. Does that yeah. what they call it? That's it's all about getting to the Axel Rose bit. 
Wow. So we should have been, yeah, we should have been a bit more Guns and Roses about the whole thing. For looking back, it might, but I think it's a. I don't know. I it's think most all... of what what a lot of these tunes like like it was not as sitting down as songwriters as such, but more taking Dave's ideas and just putting arrangements around them that kind of brought them to life and using everything that we had with all like the vocals and stuff like that. And that's why some of them they're not like the best songs but as a band and a thing when you to see it and it'd be like it'd be a good thing you know what i mean like just a good a good vibe on it or something like yeah, that yeah interesting yeah 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 the instrumental bit in this is bust yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, no singing that's probably the favorite <laughs> and and what is it abby that you love about it so much i just it makes and maybe it's not a good thing but it just makes me laugh <laughs> it's just that one how can that not be a good thing i remember at the time going oh we've got to play this live i thought it was like dead like funkadella they're all like the the vocals and stuff like sure. that i love the days the, the way it started i thought that was like creepy and like but then we listened them back to it like but i cringed to dick when i listened to it yeah not that bitch on the how does it feel it's all that like said like how does it feel on your roof and your coat it's like oh it's like oh my god i'm singing like a proper <laughs> like it just sounds horrible i think flight of the concords <laughs> would do a really good version of that song. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said, you know, you should send it in <laughs> <laughs> one thing I was gonna say before. Yeah, I'll be alright with you not playing that one to be honest. <laughs> oh no. We're gonna play it. No. Oh, okay. You've gotta play the old album, Oh yeah. Let's hear the sixth song from Tyler Hanging Around. This is How Does It Feel? Let's move on to track number seven. Why won't you give me your love? I wrote the riff in a guitar shop in Denmark Street. <laughs> cool. I was just messing with the I know, yeah, and I've, I should have bought the guitar, but uh, I wrote it and then it, it kind of stuck with me. And then on the train on the way home, I kind of got a, the words or whatever for it, the lyric. By the time I got it come in the room, we just put it together really fast, I remember. And it was like, wow, okay. Why can't they all work like but that? But then it needed the chorus, and you went away and you wrote a chorus. And I remember you playing it to us in the dressing room in like Wolverhampton or somewhere. Little Civic. Okay. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it was. Play it was something like that. But we had it, and then he, and then you added this band. It was like it just made it like that was like. But it did. It was everything seems to come together quite quick around that time. We were playing loads, where we were like. I remember some girl saying to me at the time, she was going, What a, that's so obvious that chorus. Like that and she was in this she was in this band that was really crap. And she was like trying to and I remember just kept I just kept singing it in her face over and over <laughs> again. And I was like, you know what, this is a and everyone started laughing. And then I, I, I remember thinking, actually this is a really good chorus. But then I remember my mate my mate John Bryce turned on to me and he said, uh, he said it's so obvious that chorus, but no one's ever wrote it before. So 
Yeah, so there you go. The obvious thing for the best, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, sometimes, yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a banger anyway, a kind of glam rock stomper I've written. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've never wrote a song like that before or since. Oh, Stacy, open bracket, look what you've done. Exclamation mark, close bracket. So, Valerie had a mate, I can't say her name. Wasn't Stacy. <laughs> Wasn't Stacy. But her dad, her dad had passed away and I met, I met them both on the same night. And weirdly, got, I didn't realise that that's what the song was kind of about till later on, you know, when you put it together. Yeah. And you go, oh, that. So, and she was in a bad way on the aisle and all that. So that's so yeah. it's that exaggerated, basically. That's it. That's the boring story behind the song. No one seems excited by my story, so I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'm excited by your stories, Dave. I want to hear more. But, I mean, I think um, Valerie, Stacey, uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's good to write about, you know, people, right? Characters in it, too. Yeah. You're just like... People, it's a Bruce Springsteen who brings characters back sometimes into other songs and stuff like that. Oh, the boss, man. Oh, God. Wow. But I wouldn't know which songs, you know what I mean? No. no. Yeah. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Save, save that one can be broken. This is why this is why you all just switched off the minute I started telling the story because here is oh Stacey look what you've done on Tim's listening party. She made the father worry till he was sick. Found him on the couch one night, cold and stiff. got for me ace vocals oh thank you it was like we always had to end the song with something completely different at that point as well for some reason yeah it was like you'd done the song and now it has to go somewhere else it seemed like we'd done that Big on, nearly, yeah, on nearly yeah. every song on this on this record that, that yes yeah there is isn't it? but it's actually now it's it's actually one we really like playing now yeah, yeah. neil stretches out on the keyboard and plays like a bit of a solo and we take it a bit for it's a new so you can, I don't know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a different... And uh, how many are in the band now, then? Six. Six, six yeah. keyboards, just added keyboards, and we've got different people <laughs> playing guitar and bass. So uh, how have the gigs been going uh, recently? Boss, really good. I, I know I was bumped into you uh, one of the festivals last year. Oh, yeah. Sounded great, yeah, sounded nice. It's good, it's like we're getting back to be a band, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like we're doing something a little bit different than all the other people who are playing on the same bills as a sort of yeah. thing and then it's the, you know it's i, I think it's yeah it's it's become a different thing from when we 
like there was such a big break and even before that we haven't been together and we've got a few new members yeah it feels like it's coming together and it feels like you know it's like people are a bit like curious but then by the end of the shows it's like no one seems angry nobody seems to he seems like they're having a good time don't they? Uh, i think my i think my voice is in a in a good place as well because it was yeah, really high high i mean yeah if i don't do say so like but it, it was high and whispery and breathy but as i'm a bit more manly now it's kept the bass from yeah. years of abuse yeah but i've kind of found out to sing high again to a certain point so I'm, it's in a, fun, a funny, confident place, really. That's good. Yeah, it's really strong at the minute. It's really strong. Feels more like Elvis now than it did <laughs> in the noughties. And do, do you do anything to, you know, to, to keep that up? Yeah, I do use this little uh, nebulizer thing. Looks like Admi Austin. That I, I see Mick Jagger's <laughs> got. And I do these warm-ups as well. Nice. Do you, want, do you want me to go through them? <laughs> you can do, you can do a couple. So you put your mouth on and do like a trumpet sound. Go, like that. Wow. But better, better than that, but you go up and down. Up and down, up and down. <laughs> good, good to hear backstage, you know, through through the yeah. curtain divider. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not like it was years ago, but if you don't do that, you're just going to go on there and make it. Truly yourself. Hurt yourself, probably hurt Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done, I've done warm-ups in the past. I did a solo gig, a solo tour, um, and, and like 10 gigs back-to-back, and the only way I could get through it was like doing sort of vocal warm-ups, which I've never done before, I, but, you know, it's good. You know the way what? I see it is, for like 10 minutes, for 10 minutes, not even that, work before you go on, it makes everything a hundred times better yeah uh, mentally and physically and all of that stuff plus I've yeah I've stopped I don't drink anymore so that that's helped oh go on this is track number nine I'm tired of hanging around it's you've got a friend in me I think I was at a gig of yours in the Troubadour. Oh yeah, in LA. I remember that's where me, me there, yeah. Morrissey was there as well. Morrissey was there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We never got to meet him. <laughs> Charles no. Hormat, you know, oh, they had this dope of a tour manager at the time. <laughs> and he'd be come up and he went, Morrissey was downstairs, he wanted to come up. And I told him to wait for 10 minutes. We were like, it's always a gift you said. He's going to go on to come up. He was like, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he's gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> Imagine. You get, you know, you got a lot of, you know, a lot of interest all over the world from celebrities like Morrissey and myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm joking. Uh, but uh, uh, um, you know, I mean, what you know, what happened? You just went all over the world and so like, I mean, this album was like, you know, massive success. It sh- always feel like it should have been more. This album. We never got to tour in America. Never got to tour it. Like, you just, did, like what, you just did one-off shows, or 
No, all the touring. We on the first record we played yeah. a lot, quite a lot, and we were building up a fan base over there. But then on this record, on the second record, we just because we didn't go back over for some tour that was half planned, and then we'd done this record instead. They yeah. were like, "We can't come back." Now. Oh, I don't know. It was like it was. It wasn't. Yeah, fair, it really. was. It was a bit. It was just a bit like you had your chance, but then yeah. they didn't. They didn't drop us. Yeah, they didn't say. Yeah, they just kind of kept us on the back burner. Yeah. Never got a, if you're never got a chance to score there again. It's the it's the funny thing, isn't it? I remember we decided to do an EP instead of re- releasing this uh, another two tracks off our album in America, and so they wanted to put this record out called White Shirt, and we had uh, Julian Temple about to do the video, so it was like a massive thing, and we just pulled it because we wanted to go back in the studio and get back to. You know, writing songs, we you know toured the world and just felt like we wanted to to write yeah, and do yeah. anything. Yeah, so, so they, so we kind of like they they decided you know to go with somebody else and put the money into somebody else and and uh, yeah. you know it's a real slog after that to you know to get back in. Yeah, if you'd have known that at the time, it's like you'd probably yeah. If they just said, know, maybe done it, you know what I mean? If they were like this, you'll never get to come back. If you don't do this, then we'd be like, all right, we would have done it. On your first record or whatever you were on, you'd probably been on it for a few years at the time, and like I don't know, yeah, it's you end up just feeling like a bit of a product or something if you don't yeah. do your create to the creative side. But I don't know, we probably could have done both if we would have um, well had, even, had, had hindsight. Even when you're like in your twenties, you know, early twenties, you behave like a teenager, don't you? So how are yeah. you supposed to? How are you supposed to make decisions, you know, and stuff like that, you know? Seen a guy from who played guitar in Niles Barkley, and he was telling me that he did Valerie on the radio in America. I remember at the time it was kind of made me dead happy. I was in Fuji Rock. He was telling me, and then straight away, if I five minutes later, I thought, "Why are we over there playing yeah. it?" Then mm. it's like if he's yeah. heard it on the radio. So I think that was that thing there. Like it was always puzzling that they played the song on the radio, or they must have been. There must have been a thing for that song for him to have heard it on the radio, but we never got to, we never even got the offer or a phone call to go over him and tour it. Wow. Yeah. But we done well when we were over there because I think they appreciate, you know, a real band who play and sing and they don't just go on like what's popular or everything or anything like that. If someone's a really good band, they're happy to be entertained. Yeah, by and we've gone over there a few times. Are we supposed to support people like before that? Like, we've been a bunch. Yeah, yeah. So we built up a little bit of a thing with, especially on the coast of America. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it was Hello Conscience a single then? No, it wasn't actually. Was it? No. No, it was on. That's a massive song though, isn't it? I don't know. It's a good song. It was on on Help. Remember that, like, compilation? It was was Tom Rothrock's version was on it. Uh, It never made it. It never made it. Are you it sure? Never, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Honestly, it never made it. It was always going to be on that, and then it was always going to be a single. But then we ended. It just never happened. Other things happened instead. Because it was between <laughs> that and it was between that and little things, which was going to be the last single on the record. So, hello, conscience. It's basically just about wanting to go out and get hammered. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a running team at the time. When, when it was fun, you know. But it, there's a couple of run of themes, isn't there? There's like a few hangover tunes. That's what your head was at. But it's kind of, you know, just like dark themes, you know, and head being full of clouds and stuff like that. And Yeah. 
yeah, sort of street walking stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. You listen to Tim's Listening Party, and this is Hello Conscience. Penultimate track on the Zeton's second album from 2006, Tired of Hanging Around. That was Hello Conscience. I Know I'll Never Leave is the last track of the album. How do you come about making the choice of the last song of the album? <laughs> um, I, I didn't, really. It was, it was the manager. The manager's just a recent record that we've just finished making now. He's, he's done, he done the best track listing for that as well. He's pretty good at it. That's your shout-out, Tony. But this song, we, I wrote it in my mates in the area called Old Swan, which is, at the time, this particular area, it wasn't, it wasn't the nicest area, it wasn't, you know. Yeah. And it was weirdly wrote, it was with Neil, who plays keyboard with us now, but he wasn't in the band at the time. And he'd gone to bed, and it was really quiet, and I could hear the cars in the street, and I wrote it. I've been listening to Curtis Mayfield a lot. Which I nice. know you're a fan of. A massive, too, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we, yeah. we all had been yeah. this his first record and the Curtis Live record as well. It was actually that called Courtesy, so the song. Courtesy. <laughs> wow. I like That's a good, that's a good time. But, uh, and I, I mean, we don't play it enough live, but it's really beautiful. It's one of the most complete pieces of music we've recorded, in my opinion. And yeah, it's one of them. Yeah. When, when we play it live, it feels really good. Like, it feels like mm. everyone's, like, looking at it. It's delicate or something. Yeah. It was on Changing Rooms. <laughs> <Don't What? just laughs> yeah. They love us on Changing Rooms. I don't know why they have all our tunes on there. We get played on Homes Under the Hammer quite a lot, so... Um... <laughs> Do you know what? I think it's... Home, I, I don't know about Changing Rooms. I think it's Homes Under the Hammer. Oh, is it? Not, oh, well, yeah, but there you go. Well, you know, that's the thing we got in common. When it comes on, it's always when the house is really like in a bad way, and it really suits <laughs> yes. I'm like that. And a few times I've got this music's quite good, isn't it? I'm like, oh my god, that, that's our music. That's just without without me singing, <laughs> the best version. And how do you feel then now? Just been talking about the record. Obviously, there's nostalgia involved. But do you, you know, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like a real? Sense of achievement, or really? yeah, I think, yeah, I feel like it was a great second album because the first album done so well, and I, but it never had no massive hits. So I feel like it was the natural place to go on the second record. You know? Yeah, yeah, I feel like we delivered with me fist in the air. <laughs> yeah, I I listened to it before. It was because um, I'd listened to it for so long. I thought yeah. I'd re- refresh myself <laughs> and. Um, like I thought it was, but I thought it was great. But I thought, oh my, it's, it's kind of it's it's funny to see how much we've changed. And like for me personally, I was like thinking, oh god, I'd never sing that like that now. Or Dave sings that differently. But it's not good or worse. It's just different. Yeah. And I might, I personally, I might prefer things I do myself differently now. But it's um, it's just different. Yes, yeah, I was just getting older and stuff. But 
I mean, it's a great it's got out of, Yeah, it's got out of it feel on so. <laughs> and still got that thing about it. It'll always be flawed for you, Dave, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I've mentioned it again. I've done it again, haven't I? But... You know what I thought it was? It had to, I suppose, from that point, with the first two singles, were, they both went to number nine, which was the highest we'd got to at that point. So that's, I guess, to, sort of like, as I said, a judgment of delivering, like Dave said, probably we had... Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good at the time. Mm. and I, I'm just more proud of the fact that it's a good band album and it's pretty much live, you know, except for, like, yeah. you know, with the vocals and stuff like that. But, you know, it's pretty the yeah. same as the first album. It's pretty much just a live record. I think, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's always hard to be completely proud of, of stuff, or it is for me anyway, but, I mean, it's good to be able to look back and... You know, and, and you know, have good memories, and yeah, that's it. It's easier watch. now than at the time because at the time you just see all like you see the imperfections, uh, so. yeah. But yeah. after the time, it is what it is, and yeah, yeah, it's more about the memories, like you say. Yeah, you've got to have somewhere to go, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, do you know what I mean? If you say now, go, this is the best thing we've ever done, and you know it isn't, then that's good because it means you make more music. Yeah, you strive to get better. I reject every record that I've done before to make a new one. You know, I have to because I think if you're really proud of the one you did before, why make a new one? You know, but uh, yeah. but then after time, if you can look back, <laughs> if you can if you can look back, you know, and uh, and think, oh, it's loads better. It's a lot better than what I thought. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I hadn't listened to it for so long. You get a lot, like you said, nostalgia. You get all that coming back, and then you get all the traveling, and you get all the, you know. Yet I have been around the world. And yeah. I have done things that other people never get to do. And, I'm, I mean, you know, it does make me proud, being a father and all. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, it does. I mean, wh- where were your heads? I mean, obviously, you know, you talked about street walking and sort of like hangovers and kind of voyeuristic and all these kind of like uh, thoughts. But, you know, what was happening, you know, in your lives? We you know, playing where- a lot. Yeah. And yeah, we were just really- always on tour and... Just being mid twenties, yeah, probably how good we had it or something at the time, you know, or not re- not realizing that we should be enjoying it as much as you should. Because that's it, you know, isn't it? I've had that a lot actually with people. Uh, you know, we're talking talk about stuff. It's like you think it's always going to be like that, you know, maybe, you know, yeah. No, or you yeah. worried that, or you worried that it's not, so you try and you know what I mean. It's like there's you just don't live for the moment a little bit sometimes because it's, it's I don't know. Yeah, I it's, it's a lot of. It's a lot that you did, but... But look at me point. now. <laughs> <laughs> and then pulling out all these like amazing songs out of, the, out of the place that you're in is always something to really think about, I think. Yeah. I think it shows that... Um, you know, like Mick Jagger and that, they always write about, like like you say, street songs. Mm-hmm. And they're not really from the streets, are they? But mm-hmm. they kind of convince you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you go along with it because... It's storytelling at the end of the day, and it's uh, it's a fine art. Characters in it, yeah, characters yeah. and character acting a bit. I it. think if you if you're good at something, I don't think it, you should underestimate it really. And that was that's what by looking back, I think maybe I underestimated what what was actually going on. The proofs in the pudding, and uh, the and the record stands the test of time. And you know, look at the songs that you made and the people who've sang them. You know, yeah, yeah, it's that's I've never even thought about it. Dave, Sean and Abby, thanks so much for joining me for a listening party. Nice one, Tim. Uh, no, nice one. Let's hear the final track on the Zootons, Tired of Hanging Around. Here's I Know I'll Never Leave. To summer, summer, I-
That was the Zootons with I Know I'll Never Leave. A big thanks to Dave, Sean and Abby for joining me on this episode of Tim's Listening Party to tell me about Tired of Hanging Around. I always like to finish every episode of my listening party by letting you know what else I've been listening to this past week. i got a couple of records here, just to remind me. Okay, so I've got Expensive by um, Fella Cutie and Africa 70, and, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful album. Um, Tony Allen, Henry Kofi, Nicholas Addo, you know, a whole cast of, of wonderful players. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful record. Uh, Water, No Get Enemy is uh, highly recommended on that, on that, on that album. Um, turning this one over swiftly, JJ Fad, Supersonic. Um, that's on Ruthless Records, which is, uh, you know, uh, part of NWA uh, set up. And, um, yeah, beautiful kind of female hip-hop uh, from 80s, 90s kind of time they look amazing the cover of that album is just genius uh, 60s record called Music and Dreams by Robert Lester Folsom and it's um, it says on the sticker uh, that it's a now classic which I, I completely I completely agree with uh, it's from 1976 it's um, also this says it on the sticker it's an unexpected relic from an era with a distinct knack for songcraft hooks and breezy melodies it's on um Anthology records, and uh, it's yes, yeah, it's, be- it's a beautiful thing. M- uh, Music and dreams is uh, a standout, and also my favourite. That's not even my favourite, but track that is my favourite is Jericho. It's gorgeous. And Steve Forbert, Jack Rabbit Slim is the the, the last recommendation. And uh, check out the sweet love that you give. Sure goes a long, long way. Every song in this episode of my listening party was taken from the Zootons, Tired of Hanging Around. All tracks were written by Dave McCabe and the Zootons, except tracks 5, 6 and 8, which add Sean Payne. The album was released on Delta Sonic. See you next time. Absolute Radio. Telling the story behind another iconic album with Tim Burgess. Get involved using the hashtag Tim's Twitter Listening Party.